I think that was really over dramatic. Um, it's 9:49 p.m. It's not like 11:43. It's uh, it's not almost tomorrow yet. Is it uh, not later than we normally do this pod? <laughs> that said, I am so tired. There's a non-zero chance I fall asleep mid-recording. Same, same. Um, I I have been falling asleep all times, all kinds of places lately. So who knows? Well, that, um, that's a look. Get ready, folks. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> always the sign of a good pod. That's right. <laughs> Those may be asleep by minute twenty five. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, this is what happens when uh, you know life comes at you fast. Yeah, um, I have coffee. So, oh, good. Fingers that's that's a smart move. I, I probably should have gotten some of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, should we uh, start this week with the challenge? Sure. Always, always good to start with the challenge. I I I thought this was a, a good episode. Um, I, it, it's interesting that the game became an individual game, and immediately. The the vets knew what to do, and somehow were able to Jedi mind trick the rest of the house into really not thinking about them at all. Um, and I thought it was a brilliant performance on the part of almost everyone in the house. Yeah, I mean, you know, I gotta shout out my girl Tori. She did her thing. Uh, dominant. I I. The whole vibe that from 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 the fact that you know it's it's bananas and Tori winning the daily, all the way down to the matching outfits, the entire collected performance of those two this episode, I thought was excellent. Um, I have, I have a question about the matching outfits. Yeah, I have a lot of questions, they- but I mean, go for it. They had to have discussed this beforehand, right? Because the idea that those two would both have long brown leather coats okay. and so, similar colored turtlenecks just hanging out in their wardrobe seems highly improbable to me. Um, I mean, okay. First of all, uh, Bananas did not have the long jacket, regular length jacket, so... Uh, that makes it only slightly more plausible, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> the, like the shirts didn't exactly match. Like I could make some arguments that you know they just somehow piecemealed together the 
same outfit from Disparate Wardrobes, but the, the censure to me is, do we think Bananas brought acid-washed jeans with holes in them? Because that, to Where, me, yeah. is the least likely thing. <laughs> so I I tend to agree with you that this was probably a setup. Now, I don't know if they had a plan to say, hey, you know, if we ever win, we'll wear these. But it certainly worked out that they had decided to be twinning at some point. <laughs> it does. I just, they were just very specific outfits. And look, I know Tori kicked ass and won the thing um, and, and kind of dominated her heat. Um, but I, to me, this is a great example of why players try to get bananas out early. <laughs> because he's just like, I happen to have open water deep diving scuba certification. Yeah, man. We <laughs> you know talk I mean? about like, this a lot. He's the guy because he's the best at all the weird stuff. His aptitude for just the most random shit is <laughs> like... It's just quite something, you know? Um, it really is. So, and like, when and where did he get that? And why did he get that, <laughs> you know, particular certification? Like, I have, I have, I, as ridiculous as it may sound to say, I feel like there's a, probably a pretty fascinating documentary to be made about Johnny Bananas. Yeah, there, there probably is. I and, do think he lives in Florida, which might explain the scuba diving thing. Yeah. But still, but. lots of people live in Florida without, like, the particular scuba certification that's going to help with this challenge. On, yeah, on this and like, show. would it surprise you if he said, "I thought it might come in handy to challenge someday"? Like, so no, I got it. That no, would not surprise didn't. me. Um, but also, at this point, would not surprise me if he was like, "Well, you know, at one point in between challenges, I got a job as like a dive leader." You know, I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it could be that too. Um, I didn't have this as burn of the week, uh, but I thought Tori saying I'm on the challenge, not a dating show was a great line. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I did have that as burn of the week, so uh, I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> um. I didn't really, I didn't really have a burn beyond that, so I guess that that is our winner for for burn of the week. I felt like it was a relatively burnless episode. It was a very competitive episode, and it, it began, I thought, in an interesting fashion with Michaela getting a hold of herself and aligning herself as best she could with bananas, which was, uh, as we later saw, a smart move. Yeah, I didn't quite understand why they wouldn't want to put at least one survivor person um, in, uh, you know, into the mix. Well, there's I think... a lot of survivor numbers still in this game and that nobody seems to really do anything to reduce them. You know what I mean? I think Tori wanted to put Michaela in, which is sort of exactly my point. Like Tori was ready to do it. I don't know that there's another, I mean, I guess they could have gone Desi, but I think they don't want to make that kind of enemy, essentially. No, but I mean, is there... Um, 
I, so I guess they have some sort of pact with Michelle because would she not be a survivor girl that's not yeah, in that group I don't that they sort of aligned with? As you know, I would eliminate Michelle first every season. So right. it's hard for me to have perspective on why the hell she's still in there, but she certainly seems to to have aligned herself well with both sides. Her name is was conspicuously absent from any sort of conversation I, I felt like through that entire episode. I'm pretty sure that the only person this entire season that has suggested Michelle for elimination is Michelle. Yeah, I in think her, it might like, be right. typical paranoid fashion. Like, I, I just know I'm on the chopping block. You're not. But if you keep acting like that, eventually you probably will be. But, yeah, no, she she seems to she seems to have really done a, a really nice job so far this season of fading right into the background despite having her hand in a lot of pies. Would Cassidy not have been another Survivor girl who uh, could have been thrown into this mix? Certainly, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, like they, like they were, I, there were options there. Um, you know, and West, <laughs> West took his shot. Yeah. <laughs> Classic TJ move, by the way. You know, all it takes is one ball, but this guy had a whole lot of balls in there. Yeah, I had that. I was like, I knew that was he was just faking. a little too classic, perhaps. Tell. Yeah, yeah, you can just tell. Um. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't totally understand that strategy. I mean, it seems like it's fine, and it does seem like somehow, like you know, Sebastian trying to make a move on the bets. You know, next week they're sort of implying that that's not going to work out well for him. Um, in the previews. Yeah, but I would it, be... and and I have to say, if you told me, hey, Sebastian is going to make a move on the vets next week, how do you think it's going to go for him? My guess would be not well. If you're Sebastian, obviously this is probably a next week conversation, but like, what are you like? You're with Tori. Yeah, you're protected. She's not going to be your number one because you know Tori's Tori's real loyal. Yeah, but but like, she's got your back a little. Why ruin it? Right. Like, your best shot's probably to cozy up to her. I don't, you know, just kind of play along with her game and see if you can ride that to a final. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like anybody is intimidated by Sebastian right now. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, but I thought I thought the logic of going to those Survivor girls and being like, "Hey, we want strong girls to run a final with. You want strong competitors to run a final with. Let's work yeah. together." Whether they meant that or not was a good play. I also the other the flip side of it is though, can you totally trust those Survivor girls? No, like, but I, you can't... I really. I, I like Desi, but I feel like Desi will will would turn on you if the opportunity presented itself. Well, right. I don't think either side of that deal can be trusted because it, it you know even in the best of circumstances it's a deal for what three weeks. You know, three and not even weeks in their time, but three like circuits of of dailies and challenges before it becomes inevitable that you'll start going after each other. You know, I don't know how many people are going to go to the final, but um, it's always incredibly difficult to have the exact like eight people you want in there. Yeah, I feel like uh, uh, 
we got quite a few apps before we're the final. There's still there's still it feels like a healthy number of people here. I I know I I know and and I'm saying there's only a few more weeks before one of those sides is going to have to go after the other, right? So yep. um you know I think everybody understands that situation. It wasn't like a we're ride or die till the end sort of deal. It was like a hey, we'd prefer to have you in the final when we get there. Let's you know work together while it serves both of our ends. Right. And the other side of that is that it seems like these shows, I mean, you're seeing it now with Big Brother, um, uh, can be fractured into yes. groups of, of of vets and non-vets, right? You know what I mean? So, yeah, totally. Um, you know, like that might have been worth a shot too. And it was interesting that when they went to a live with Survivor, it wasn't, I mean, I guess Michelle's the only Survivor vet left in the game, right? Um. Yeah, I think I'm ready. Right. We're not we're not counting Michaela as a vet. No. She's done a line as a vet, even one though she's been on one of the show, count. right? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah, she, right. And Desi's like Desi's not a vet because she was on the you know the Challenge but USA. Desi so. would, but Desi did do really well on the Challenge USA. So she sure did. You know, she's definitely not a vet, but we still take that into account. Um, I I can't really believe we've made it this far without talking about that elimination. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't, it was, it was an interesting elimination, but give me your take. Okay. Well, first, let me give you one goofy observation, which is that, did you notice that Monty mentioned his mechanical engineering degree? Yes. Which, like, why? <laughs> what is that? Well, I can see, I can see, because he, 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 well, that was in the interview before, the um right before the thing had started i, I could see <laughs> right if you're like you're building a pyramid of balls there's these wires in the spin thing like i can see how you might think that was relevant it turned I out guess. to not be relevant at all i guess but I, can see, I can see it i thought it was pretty funny and and rather silly um as far as the elimination like i'm not going to tell you it's the most entertaining elimination i've ever watched but it is from like the endurance and concentration standpoint as epic and seemingly you know touch and go elimination as i have ever seen three hours they yeah. were down there it was extremely difficult it was grueling it was competitive and it was also and i think this is important fucking dull <laughs> so, <laughs> not fun to watch. I, well, I, I mean, like, we didn't. I've have been to... very, very praising of the challenge constructions this year. I did not care for that one. Interesting. I, I mean, I see your point, but like we, we didn't have to suffer through three hours of it. I, God, I, I kept thinking about. It. I'm like watching that for three hours must have just been awful. terrible, terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> as a viewer who got to see the shortcut of, you know, probably like. 47 seconds or so um i actually found it compelling just the fact that i mean how many times must they have lost that pyramid because at a certain point over the course of three hours you you got to get the hang of building it right it became very clear rather early that the trick was once your pyramid's built can you get to the buzzer and god they each must have lost a dozen i mean i can't even I, I bet I, more. Yeah, I found 
that part of it compelling, uh, even if the actual action of the elimination was on the dull side. Yeah, I just, it's, you know, it that that be a great game for uh, it not being televised. You know what I mean? <laughs> I also think it was a really great draw for Tyler. You know what I mean? In terms of, well, it was a game that really a hall brawl. Yeah, that that negated uh, Monty's considerable physical advantages. I think. Um, like Tyler's not scrawny or by any means, but like Monty's a big dude. Monty you know what I mean? is Hallbrow would have been a problem for him. You know, correct, correct. Uh, or um, a pole wrestle, or or you know some of the you know the slam the ball in the hoop game we've seen you know like a lot of I, yeah I or i mean in math based on monty's mechanical engineering degree so uh <laughs> you know i think you're right tyler caught caught a really nice break as far as what the elimination was it basically just evened the playing field yeah that 100%. said like i can't undersell or even really get past the level of like focus and patience that must have taken yeah yeah, no, it was, it's quite a feat. You know what I mean? Like I, I, like I said, I think it was a really intense, competitive, grueling uh, elimination that really tested those players' mental skills. It just was not uh, uh, fun to watch. <laughs> That's all. No, I hear you. I, I, I hear you, and I'm not going to argue with you, although I think I enjoyed it more than you. Um, it, yeah. was, it, it was a beyond the fact that it was – you know, even the playing field from a competitive standpoint, I think it was a, it's like a good thing for Tyler to put on tape. You know what I mean? Um, sure. Did, especially did you like the Tyler's move of like basically volunteering for this elimination? I mean, he's really playing with his heart, you know what I mean? Which is yeah, uh, I generally mean, it's, not a smart thing to do in this show. I guess it's admirable, but yeah, it does not bode well for his future. Especially because like, I think if if you just split the genders, I think Tyler's odds among the men are better than Alyssa's among the women. Um, I, I venture to say Alyssa may be the weakest woman left there. So, yeah, I mean that was essentially Bananas' pitch, right? Was like right, leave, which leave the which, layup. Yeah, which to me means like. If you're going to try to protect the weakest player in the game, you're going to be essentially either giving up on that quickly or volunteering yourself almost every week. So that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It could be tough uh, for him going forward. But again, I really feel like sooner or later, you got to start trimming down these survivor numbers sooner or later. Yeah. No, no (laughs) doubt. Um, and nobody seems to be all that interested. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess maybe it takes Survivor striking first, but if that's about to happen, I, I, I think the uh, the fire will be returned. Yeah, that veteran yeah, group, especially now that, I mean, the other trick of knocking out Big Brother is you really lock Fessy into your alliance if you're the veterans, right? Right. Like, he, I mean, and they've almost essentially done that now with terming the numbers that they have, right? Yeah. Like, Fessy's yeah. not going to side with the remaining Big Brother players over 
the vets. Exactly. Just, and, just, and I think no way. if anything, you're you're able to, for whatever it's worth, drag the remaining big brother players into your alliance, even though you just decimated their team. What other option do they yeah. have? Right. Well, and that's the other thing. Um, it's like if you kind of like, right, if you're leaving, once a group gets small, it's almost like, it's like politics, right? You know what I mean? Like, if you know, in a three-party system, right, the two minority parties are always going to have an incentive to join up to make one bigger party, right? So, um, so now, right, there's an incentive for the vets and the and Big Brother to join forces. Yep. Right. Start picking off Survivor one by one. We'll we'll see if it plays out that way because, um, you know, these games don't always play out logically. True story. <laughs> <laughs> but I do still like where the season is headed now. I think we're at the point in the game where there there aren't a lot of layups. There's not a lot of fat left. No, you know what I mean? That's true. That's um, in, in fact that's I think that's why it was so easy for me to say that Alyssa S, I believe, is her yes, displayed Alyssa moniker, um is the weakest player there because like there really is nobody else to look at and say there's a there's a weak spot. Yeah, no, she does she does stand out um, uh, among this group. And uh, I mean, if you're thinking about guys left in the game, I guess probably Sebastian is the weakest player. Yeah, but even that, we're kind of guessing because we haven't seen much from him, right? So I mean, there's yeah. a few unknowns um but i think we just saw tyler is is not uh, he's no pushover um and you know sebastian maybe we'll get a chance to see a little more of next week uh but he has not struggled you know what i'm saying like in terms of the dailies like he's been sort of a middle of the pack guy which suggests he's again not no one's going to mistake him for a layup i don't think no agreed Agreed. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm, I'm once again kind of mad that there's not Sunday episodes in this anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, they kind of spoiled you know. us, right? And it's a little tough to readjust to the normal uh, style. Yeah, and look, I understand. You know, once football season hits, it's hard to maintain that. But um, still, I like twice a week. It was we were in a good rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, we found a nice rhythm, and they ripped it away from us. How dare they? <laughs> Come on, DJ, pull some strings. <laughs> <laughs> well, just it also feels like I don't know that 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 would blast through the season so quickly. It would be good and bad, right? Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. We'll see. Uh, should we move on to Barbie? Yes. We have not um, shared anything about our Barbie experiences. Um, I mean, it was my first time in a theater in a long time. Mine as well. Largely oh. an empty theater in my case because I went at uh, noon on a Wednesday. But, you know, still. Felt momentous. I, I was hoping for the empty theater, but sadly, Barbie is still popular. Yeah, so. well, maybe not sadly. Yeah, I mean, maybe not sadly. <laughs> sadly for me in this case. I yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't mean that in, in terms of a comment on the film. Uh, I had a good time watching this film. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think 
it's a it's a super tough ask, right? Like you're trying to thread a needle. It's definitely trying to be all things to all people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's well, trying to be a movie not for all people, people who like Barbie and who well, okay, many people <laughs> uh, who who like Barbie and who don't like Barbie simultaneously. You right. know what I mean? Right. It's trying to it's trying to be weighty, but it's also trying to be light. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's trying uh, to be uh, feminist, I, I think, you know, certainly. Yeah, I don't know that it's trying to be light, per se. I think there's some natural lightness to the subject. Not mat, not the subject matter, but the subject. Um, and, uh, like, stylistically, there's a lightness to it. But... Like, I don't feel like it shies away from being weighty at all in terms no, of that's what content. I mean. It's kind of both of those things. I mean, look, you don't hire Will Ferrell to play the CEO of Mattel if you're not going for a little bit of light. You know what I mean? Well, but that's satire. I mean, it's not it's not <laughs> like, yes, it's silly at times, but the silliness is in and of itself satire. So I, I don't I don't know. Like. I don't know that I found you are you're right that there is a lightness and also a weightiness, but I don't know that I found them in conflict. I feel like they were almost different ca- different categories of thing if that makes sense. Like the lightness is of the look and the you know fact that it's Barbie, but but I didn't feel like it was confused about what it was, I guess, is what I'm saying. No, I, I wouldn't say that it's confused. It's just trying to do a lot of things. It's doing a lot. It's, it's yeah. got a lot of balls in the air. It does. Right? I mean, if you were to, to describe, just, just matter-of-factly describe the plot of this film. <laughs> Good luck. Right? <laughs> like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like, I, I just you just sort of be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and yet... I found it both easy to follow and enjoyable and enjoyable to go along in the story, if that makes sense, right? Totally. So, um, so I I thought in a lot of ways it was pretty well crafted. I do think occasionally it kind of lost itself in what it was trying to say about gender dynamics. You yeah. know, yeah. Well, it's um, definitely extremely focused on those things, right? It does, and it's not. You said feminist. I, I think it is sort of unapologetically not just feminist, but just like extremely focused on the the uh, like all the ways that feminist. Like, I don't know. It's it it's almost beyond feminist somehow. It 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 really comprehensively deals with womanhood and with like i mean barbie as it turns out and you wouldn't think this without thinking about it but it does kind of make sense when you do think about it barbie is a rich text for analyzing the patriarchy and its effect on the women of america um yeah so i i i don't know i thought like brilliant might be a little bit of a stretch just because i don't think it was as you kind of said, like it wasn't so complicated, but that's almost to me like I don't know if it's more impressive, but it's it it's more effective, I think. 
I think it's more – that's – it's interesting, right? Because there's there's certainly a much more cutting, biting satire available. I mean, I don't know if you would have gotten Mattel to sign off on it. But, but it could have been more nasty, I guess. Um, but – it, it would have had a lot less reach. And I feel like in a way there's even, there's more power in, in the relatively straightforward, but also significant sort of Trojan horse that's happening here. Cause it does, I mean, it's, it's a Mattel supported Barbie film and it really is just a, like a feminist, uh, statement. In a very... I thought it was a pretty bold stand by yeah. by Mattel to to put their name on this. You know, you know what I mean? To like I... sign, sign off on this. That and it turned out it made them a shitload of money to do so. Right. Um, but but good, you know, good for them. Like because they're not always gentle with the IP. You know what I mean? No. And by the way, like even that thing that you just described that it must have been hard for them but it made them money is is spoofed in the film <laughs> right so like i like i really do think that, that, that you know the genius of the plan is in its simplicity in a way um but this wasn't right like if you're this was not a slam dunk box office champ like there were a lot of doubts about this movie at one point, right you know so um but that's kind of my point is like yeah. I th I think if this makes sense, this is a weird thing to say. But I think the doubts and concerns and fears about how it would how it would do at the box office were fully justified based on the message of the film and the times that we live in, right? Like it could have gone another way, but it was delivered in such a watchable and enjoyable and clever package that it was huge, you know, and I, I, I think it also speaks to like, you know, yes, there is something a little weird. And I think something that for people of at least our age, you know, always hits the brain a little off about the way Hollywood has turned certain IP into IP, if that makes sense. But yeah fundamentally at the end of the day like good filmmakers will make good films you know <laughs> yeah so I like, mean, I, you know we've gotten this far and uh, look I, I think we talked a little bit about Greta Gerwig uh and I, I was about to say that I think uh like this proves that basically uh Greta Gerwig can make pretty much anything watchable and interesting but then I remembered yeah. I saw Little Women um oh I did and, and and I walked out of Little Women so uh not anything, but <laughs> most things. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I did not see Little Women, which I think was probably the right decision I, for. A I man. would strongly recommend you do not. Yeah, and and um, you know, to your point, that may not be her fault uh, so much as the fault of the Little Women, but you know, or Louisa May Alcott. Yeah, no, I'm gonna it. put that one on her. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the I I also have never read that book. Shocker, but. I, I'm I am impressed with Greta Gerwig. Suffice to say, uh, as am I. 
um, you know, and I, you know, look, I, I think Noah Baumbach had a role, uh, but I'm, yeah, I think I'm they wrote her, it together. I'm going to give her the credit. Yeah, agreed. So, um, you know, and I would also say, like, for all that, I think we've maybe undersold how funny the movie can be. Oh my God, it's you funny. know what I mean. And and I thought uh, also, you know, Ryan Gosling and um, and Margot Robbie are both spectacular, and. It features like two thirds of the cast of Sex Education, which was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, that was nice. And uh, Michael Sarah, I thought also uh, did did quite a uh, nice. Michael job Sarah, well. Simu Liu, really, the whole cast was quite good. Yeah, um, yeah. So there, there were there were some pretty pretty hilarious moments. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I was thinking about the Mojo Dojo Casa Mojo House. Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Uh, I mean, it really does send uh, up the absurdity of sort of male-dominated American culture so well. It is so good. (laughs) I think I think I I was listening to Mark Maron. I think it was him that I heard say, like, it really, like, no matter what kind of adult American male you are, there's something in there poking fun at you. Uh, Which is, you know, it's impressive work to do. (laughs) <laughs> it's true but we're also easy targets i think <laughs> yeah no that's true we are that's that's a fact that's a fact we're begging for it yeah yep i know i certainly know i am yeah um so I, i've always been in the thought you know that, and it's interesting that i think the movie sort of posits this too though that I, I do think that in some ways it's the power that corrupts and that a a, a world run by the matriarchy would probably be uh, somewhat toxic to men. You know what I mean? In the yeah, same way. Maybe. Um, and and I, I, it's, I, it was, I thought it was interesting. That the movie kind of even got that in there a little bit, you know? What yeah. I mean? so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe the real answer is to let someone, well, but see, then even if you like let a group get oppressed for a couple thousand years and then let them take over power, like there's probably going to be too many people who are still upset, you know? Yeah, like, look, that's not to say, like, I don't think women should run the world. I do. They're smarter than us. Yeah, and, and you know Lord what the main problem actually is, is is it, it's the biggest thing is people. Yeah. 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 It's, it's all of us. <laughs> humanity. Yeah, all of it's the humanity that's the problem. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, which is a, a lovely message to take from a film about a plastic doll. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, and and again, that's why I think the fact that it is so watchable and enjoyable is sort of all the more impressive. Yeah. Shout out to America Ferrera, too, who I oh, think yeah. uh, forms a lot of the heart of this movie. Totally. Um, and and like 30% of the way through, I was like, oh, my God, is that America Ferrera? <laughs> and it was. It was. It was indeed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, were you? I, I, I'd like to hear your take on. Uh, uh, you were so not invited to my bat mitzvah, which uh, is probably one of the more Jewish things that I've watched in quite some time. It is so Jewish, and my <laughs> first response was, "Is Adam Sandler that Jewish?" And then I was like, "I guess he did write the Hanukkah song," and I I noticed reading about like the fact that his entire uh family is in this that i think his yes, wife Yes, he is converted. very Jewish. Like he's, and he's actually 
discussed it um, uh, on Simmons uh, on occasion, huh. um, uh, somewhat directly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was not just it wasn't just right. I mean, like I think they kind of got into it, obviously the you know for uh, you know for the girls the bar mitzvah can be a lot of social hierarchy stuff but i mean the movie's also i feel like very concerned with spirituality and um um and being faithful to the religion as well you know like there's a lot of that yes. in there. there's a lot there was a lot more um with the rabbis and the cantors than i expected there was going to be Right. And I mean, even even that, like I would say the rabbis and the cantors are sort of the natural uh, teacher figures in because of the setting. But I would say just the level of like (laughs) inside the synagogue humor, if you will, uh, was pretty high. And to your point, the, the 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 sort of. I mean, this movie is not that serious, right? It's not like instructing you to do anything, but it definitely it lives in a world where significant value is placed on at least some of the religious observances, not just cultural observances of the Jewish religion, which I found interesting. I just didn't expect it. Um, and it, 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 you know, wasn't, wasn't bad, but I will say like, in, and I mean this in the best way. And we talked last week about like Adam Sandler can and should do whatever he wants. Um, I think he has lowered the bar for himself. You mean like so like the, you're excited that he's not making? Um, I was gonna say meet the parents, but it's not that. It's the one the one where, where they go to camp. It's like Grown Ups. <laughs> yeah, I actually think even like Grown Ups is not. You know, I think it's like Jack and Jill, where he plays his own sister. That is where the yeah. bar is getting lowered, right? Or just go with it, or one of those. You know what I mean? Yeah. Way, all or, of these movies, every single one of these movies is insanely popular. Huge, yeah, huge hits for for kids and and other people who definitely are not listening to this podcast. Um, right. But that's fine. That's that's a heck of a way to make a living, and I have no. Anim- animus whatsoever towards Adam Sandler for those choices. Um, I just think right. this is like a very rote other than its incredibly high level of Judaism. It's it's a it's a very rote sort of uh, teen what would be a rom-com but it's like a dad and daughter com because it's you know. A, well a I felt like it was more about a little more about female friendship, I think, than, than the parenting per se. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, fr- friend com. Friend com. Yeah. Um, um, but like, it, it, yeah, like to me, this is on the level of, um, you know, the. Uh, oh my God, I'm now blanking. You know, we watched like three of them. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, those exactly. Netflix romance to movies all the boys with, I've with loved Jacob the, to all the boys I love it for, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank that's you. exactly that's, that's exactly the level it's operating at, which is in, is good and enjoyable, but also maybe at the the level of the second or third of those that we watched, right? Um, <laughs> because it, the first one felt pretty original and fresh, and and like, you know, that said, I thought the uh, the previously unseen Sandler Child 
was good. I thought she yeah. was great. Like, yeah. if she went out to do to work in other movies that did not star her father, like, I'd have, I'd have no issue with that. Yeah, all. agreed. So, you know, I don't... This wasn't bad at all. It was a good movie. Um, I, I think maybe because everyone got so excited that it wasn't, you know, Murder Mystery 3, um, maybe set my expectations a little higher than they should have been. Yeah, which is weird, right? Because, I mean, like, we've seen Sandler do a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, and we've seen him do, you know, movies like Funny People, that, you know, or uh, Uncut Gems, or, you know, like... Yes, like he's he capable of the other thing, but... but yeah, like, he's, yeah. he will act, you know what I mean? Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know why we why, why the bar is, is that low. Other... <laughs> Other than he's made a lot of music we just don't want to watch. You know well, I mean? yeah, and it's not I you know, I don't even he's these are choices. And I, I think maybe that's why he I don't want to say gets away with it because who's coming for him, but but like doesn't get more flack is like everybody understands. He's made these choices, he's allowed to make these choices, and that's what it is, you know? And and I don't think for him that it's some sort of like money grab i think he's a guy that likes to hang out in his basketball shorts with his friends and also like sees the value in making normal people laugh or whatever i I, I, like i don't think families laugh you know what i mean yeah exactly um i don't think he is i don't think there's anything like uh, unlikable about the choices so no, I think that's why the bar. To me that's, yeah, it's 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 very similar to Metallica uh, or or <laughs> or Pearl Jam right now, where like they've been doing it a long time, and now you can tell they just do things because they like to do them and they right. feel like doing them, and they don't have to do anything if they don't want to, right? Uh, and they know what, that whatever they're gonna do is make a lot of money. Yep. So so it's like I think every once in a while he's like, let's go do this exotic locale. And, uh, you know, hang out in Hawaii for three weeks and make a movie. And if it's good, great. And if it's not, you know, <laughs> that's what I do. Right. And I'll put a bunch <laughs> of my friends in it, or in this case, my literal entire family. Yeah. So, um, so that was great. I did. Is Anita Manzel Jewish? I don't think I knew that. I mean, I've just always assumed, but I guess I don't know. I don't know that for a fact, but I mean, with all due respect, and as a fellow Jew, look at her and look at her name. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, if she's not Jewish, it would be a major upset. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> and she's like a Broadway diva. Like, it's really, she's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> she's just this side of, of being named Streisand, essentially. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, I Yeah, I don't know. I had a really good time watching this movie. I'm not going to say it was great, but um, it was fun in the way that those other movies were. To all the boys I loved before, I, I also really enjoyed, too. Uh, yeah. So uh, 
quickly, not uh, only from Wikipedia, not only is she she Jewish, uh, she is from Long Island and also dropped a T from her name between the N and the Z. So uh, engaged in a lot of Jewish traditions, I guess I would say. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Menzel is a little more obviously Jewish than Menzel. Yeah, Yeah, yes it is. Uh, oh, man. I mean, um, you're not. How how often are you gonna have a, a movie where the leading man is named Goldfarb? Not very often. <laughs> not very often. The names, all of the names in this, were pretty excellent. Um, I look. One of the advantages of sort of poking fun at a community, you're deeply in touch with is that you know all the little foibles so i thought all of that stuff was really good and and pretty authentic yeah although i did think it was an oddly diverse hebrew school you know i it's funny i i had that thought and then i had the thought like or wait am i the weird troll are there like is a hebrew school in a city like full of Diverse Asian, people Asian now. Jews? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I, I, that might be a thing. I don't know. You know what I mean? If you have a character named Lydia Rodriguez Katz, okay, yeah. I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it seemed like there were lots, lots of shades <laughs> in that classroom. So, and you um, know what? If it's just letting the, you know, seven, uh, Jewish children who look like that in in America feel seen. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I really, honestly, had no issues with this movie. With like, with watching it again, honestly. Yeah, totally. Because um, it goes down really deep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, speaking of, you know what, man? I guess, I guess, I liked everything this week because I pretty much enjoyed Special Lioness uh, or Special Ops Lioness. Okay, but all the way through, and I'm starting to think I might be a Taylor Sheridan guy. I have to say, like, <laughs> I still have you watched Yellowstone or any of those, any of the Yellowstone no. universe? I have not watched any of the Yellowstone universe. Okay, neither have I. But and maybe so, I should. Well, okay, this is what I want to talk about because, and in fact, we may need to adjust the homework based on this conversation. But the two Taylor Sheridan things we've watched, right, are Tulsa King and this. Um, and uh, we also watched uh, the Jeremy Renner one. I didn't watch all of that. So, okay. So you're three You didn't watch three. all of it, but you watched it for the show. We, and you liked it enough, right? Yeah, no, I liked it. I just didn't, uh, you know, things fall by the yeah, wayside. Yeah, gotcha. um, right. So... That one I can't say for sure, but I can say about both Tulsa King and Special Ops Lioness, and maybe I should have known better in both cases, but that in both cases, I went into the show with a very specific idea that I was very confident in of what essentially the show would be. And like, I don't want to say I was dead totally wrong because, you know, you know some things going in, but like, I really didn't give either show enough credit going in. Like Tulsa King turned out to be a, a clever, funny, enjoyable, 
you know, kind of lighthearted show in some ways. Um, this is like thoughtful and dark and emotionally intense in a way that I really thought we were just going to be watching like SWAT basically <laughs> like right. something that is called and and look I don't know Nicole Kidman's in it and and Zoe Saldana and maybe I should have known better but special ops colon lioness I, I I did not think I was getting like a think piece you know what I mean yeah yeah I, I agree with that I, and I'm kind of wondering like why isn't this more popular like it's Taylor Sheridan, you've got some massive stars in it, and like, I I don't feel like I hear a lot of conversation about me it. Me neither. And and you know, it does also make me wonder. I I have a very specific idea in my head of what I think Yellowstone is, and maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I don't I don't I'm know what to think, to think anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's really he's really. He's getting the better of me. I think I know who he is, and I, I absolutely don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, and yet, I find myself still not that excited about watching Yellowstone. <laughs> no, it's not something I'm interested in doing. It truly isn't. But, like, honestly, if it had not been for us looking for things to watch during a writer's strike, I don't think I would have been excited about Special Ops Lioness. And I... I, I <laughs> watched three episodes of it which is a, mi a minor miracle given the week i've had so like i am i'm into it and, and the performances are intense and good and and it's the subject matter is interesting it's uh, it's like a thoughtful thing about war and humanity and man <laughs> i don't know so yeah i'm i'm uh i'm all spun around as it regards Taylor Sheridan and his remarkable output. Um, he, this guy is single-handedly getting Paramount Plus through the writer's strike. <laughs> she <ain't> sure is. <laughs> it's like the, the Paramount Plus is the one streamer. They were like, don't worry. We have 17 Taylor Sheridan shows in the can. <laughs> this strike must be killing him, right? Like for him to just be sitting there not writing has to be like, Jeez, um, yeah, and as I understand it, he's fairly like a one man band about process too. So, well, and um, and I just learned totally unrelated to this show that that he also like he bought the land they shoot on for Yellowstone. So the whoever's paying for Yellowstone is renting his own land from him to shoot the show. So he's no dummy either. No, no. Well, it sounds it sounds like he certainly built himself a little bit of a kingdom. He is yeah. he is not the reason that writers are striking. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no. Uh, well, it's a, you know so. it's it's been interesting listening to this whole thing uh, as a member of SAG-AFTRA, uh, Union Strong. Um, not that I have any opportunities to work anyway, but I I have found it interesting to listen to the bigger stars try to make the point that like sure i've got some gripes but also like just imagine how bad it is for someone you've never heard of if it's if i am frustrated in these ways um so i don't know it's it's, uh, it's an interesting time it does seem like these things are sort of finally starting to work towards resolution so i don't know how much longer it'll go on but uh yeah
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, from what I can tell, it feels like they're closer together, but still not that close to me. So I don't. I, well, but at least they're talking, which I think wasn't the case a, a couple weeks ago, basically. Yes, exactly. So, but but I don't know that I necessarily see it anytime anytime soon because I think some of these issues are still pretty complex. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing about all of it is that it's not actually that complex in that it's just i mean this this is classic capitalism where like there's more than enough money to go around but the priority for a company like netflix is not just to make literal buttloads of money it's to continue to grow as a company year over year all the time and like you reach a point where that's not totally possible without basically robbing people so that's what they started to yeah. do well but the metrics and the but the metrics for success for those companies have also changed right like it used to just yeah. be about who can get as get as many subscribers as you can now it's more about time spent on the service and you know all of that stuff so you know particularly as they start to bring more advertising into their models um you know so there is some of that well that's the other thing like, is I think they're trying all... to figure out guidelines for AI that nobody understands. You know what I mean? Like nobody really even knows what AI is yet. And they're still there. Yeah. But there's some pretty simple. Well, first of all, I heard someone say, and I thought it was a, an interesting point. This is taking our podcast in a weird direction, but, um, you know, AI, how did he put it? He said something like, like AI is just good marketing right now just like good viral marketing because like what does ai mean it well it means a bunch of technologies that are sort of disparate and some are cooler than others and you know a lot of them are uh, marginally new expressions of things but most of them are stuff that we've been able to do in some form or fashion for years now right so he was like you know the idea of well, now that ChatGPT is out there, watch out. They'll take your likeness and use it in perpetuity forever. And it's like, well, th- uh, there was a Tupac hologram on the stage at Coachella like years ago, you know? So, like, they've already been taking likenesses. I mean, I just saw a whole thing about Prager University, and they've got Frederick Douglass talking to people, saying stuff that would uh, make him roll over in his grave. So, like, that battle is lost, folks. You know, I think the question is, like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure that you could use the word artificial, and I'm definitely sure that you cannot use the word intelligence with, with those videos. I mean, it's um, artificial in, in that it is telling history that did, did not happen. Um, but, yeah, you're probably right. Intelligence is inappropriate in that particular case. But I think you get my point that, like, the issues with AI are not actually that new when it comes to what these – negotiating parties are talking about they're talking about can you steal me basically and it seems pretty obvious that like stealing me is not something you should be allowed to do so again like to me most of these issues i I, i'm not saying you know the business is what it is like you don't have to roll over and give the writers and, and actors and whoever else is striking whatever they want but like right it's different context right like because stealing you means one thing in, in the writer 
context and it means something else in an accurately context, right? So, well, right, but those are different negotiations. But I think even the writer one is pretty clear. Like, the, I think, look, what the actors are trying to get away from is like, you take my face one time, and again, this is mostly an issue for someone who is like a bit part in the background that like. Now, instead of having people come in and work as background actors, I'm just going to put a bunch of background actors that I scanned 10 years ago into every single movie. Right. Um, but that's not that complicated. Like, don't do that. Okay, we're done. Same thing with if I'm a big-time actor and it's like you can't pay me one time and then use my likeness forever. That's insane. It makes no sense. It should never have been considered. And with writers, it's... It's a different issue in that I think the fear is, and this is from listening to a conversation about it, I think the fear is they have ChatGPT write the script and then pay writers as like part-time workers to come punch things up and make them human. And then say... Right. Or the other way around, honestly. Right? Well, they, they no, because... No, because they're not good enough. Like, the artificial intelligence isn't good enough to... to make the final edits. It's not really good enough to take studio notes in a way that makes sense, right? Like you would have all sorts of problems. So you really need the human touch at the end. But what the fear is, is that they will say, well, you don't get a writer credit. ChatGPT wrote it. You just made some edits at the end. Yeah. And then you're not getting any residuals. And then beyond but that, that's something you only... that you can legislate out as well, right? In terms well, that's my point. And yeah. it seems yeah. obvious that you would legislate it out, right? It's not that complicated of an issue. Don't do that. We're done. Um, so, you know, if any of these companies had any interest whatsoever in the artistic side, like none of these things would be fought over. But they don't. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I think. You know, I think what you're saying in terms of needing the human touch is true for feature films. You know what I mean? Um, and and the kind of things that we talk about on this show. But it, I don't know if you're making an episode of Paw Patrol. I feel, feel like maybe you could write that with AI. I feel like there might be some some kind of certain procedurals and things like that that you probably could get pretty close with AI. You know what I mean? Well, I um, maybe the procedurals, perhaps. Although, I have to say, like, I think you'd still bump into some goofy shit where the computer wrote something that made no sense. But also, more than that, I, I and this is an unprovable belief, but I believe pretty strongly that even... <laughs> Apologies to anyone who's offended by lumping these two groups together. But even for toddlers who watch Paw Patrol and grown-ups who watch something like NCIS, there's a reason that NCIS is more popular than, like, whatever dumb other show is less popular. You know, you Criminal know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. like the, the, uh, and... and and I but don't... isn't some of that the actors and the whatever? I, the, the the thing to me about making adult television shows, right, is that a lot of the writer's job is like kind of explaining what's on the page to the actor, right? That so, too, and, and that and, you, you can't possibly do with AI, and potentially making changes based on conversations with directors or actors yeah. or whoever, right? Like it's it's all of that stuff. There is there is an ineffability. <laughs> it's ineffable. 
the effect that humanity brings to any art form in in my view and i think that apply like look paw patrol there i can tell you as someone with a four, four and a half year old who has browsed the streaming sites there's a thousand of them but the kids love paw patrol like there's a thousand things about... Yeah, but do they love Paw Patrol because of the writing? I, I'm, I'm not saying, like, it's brilliant writing. I don't I know am... the answer to that, by the way. I'm just asking that question. Well, I don't know. And, and like I said, it's an unprovable hypothesis. But, but I do think that even with Paw Patrol, there is something that the human touch brings to it that, you know, in the case of Paw Patrol, somebody touched it in a better way... But uh, that sounds weird. But but I think you understand what I'm saying. Like, not that all the other shows are made by AI, but that like, there, somebody did something to make Paw Patrol stand out, and I don't think AI can do whatever that something is. Mm. All right. Again, that's a. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Now that's it. I think Bluey is genius, and I don't think uh, AI can make Bluey. Well, and uh, that I mean, to be fair, I I. That that would have been a better example, um, but I also think that one stands out because it's it, it's good enough that like most adults I know enjoy it. Um, right, so, but I also don't know that Bluey is as popular as Paw Patrol. Like I think Bluey is pretty popular. It but... is extremely popular. Is it as yeah. popular as Paw Patrol? I don't know. But again, I'm not saying that Paw Patrol has brilliant writing. I'm just saying you're it just has saying it has writing. writing. <laughs> it has writing. Yeah. yeah. Um, fair enough. I don't know how we got onto that, but maybe we should not. Well, I think more. it was essentially. I think I think it was because we started to talk about Taylor Sheridan, and then that led us to the strike somehow. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So are we putting are we putting Yellowstone into homework? I'm not sure. I'm ready to go there. Okay, uh, that's fine. I just I I'm just saying, after my limited Taylor Sheridan experience. I can't help but wonder if I am like misjudging Yellowstone without ever watching it because I certainly right. did that with the shows that I have watched of his. I, I'm officially Yellowstone curious, but I yeah. feel like I don't, where does that even begin? Like we're going to watch two of them and come back and discuss it next week. You know well, what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And well, the other problem with that is that like, where does it begin from a discussing a show that's been on for what seems like a decade? <laughs> But also, there's like, where does it begin in terms of like, there are the the Yellowstone universe has expanded to the point where like, we'd have to spend the next five podcasts discussing it, I think, to get any sort yes. of handle on it. Well, you know, if the strike goes on long enough, we may run out yeah. of TV to the point where it, it'll be worth doing. We can devote a whole episode to <laughs> so the, it'll just become the Yellowstone, Yellowstone podcast universe. Yeah, <laughs> the pod, the, the toy department, which once uh, addressed. Any and all things entertainment is is now a uh, episode by episode deconstruction of Yellowstone and eighteen eighty whatever. <laughs> and the other one too. Uh, correct, correct. Um, all right, so here's what we are going to watch next week: uh, the Changeling, uh, which is on Apple Plus. Yeah, it uh, starts with Keith Stanfield. It's kind of uh, like a uh, little, little sci-fi fantasy mysteriousness to it. Which I is always sounds like there might be a little romance about. in there too. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, welcome to Wrexham is back. That's uh, next week. 
I am interested to see since, you know, I think you and I, but also just like most people who had any investment in the story, know what happened. Uh, how they approach sort of making a season of television, given that the first season, I don't think almost nobody really knew what was going on with that team because they hadn't previously been owned by uh, Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhaney, or at least we didn't know. So yeah, although when the first season came out, like when it started, the the real season wasn't over yet. You know what I mean? So I had some sense of how it was going to end because people did kind of start to talk about it a little bit. If that makes sense, yeah. But now, yeah. obviously, they're they're a pretty big deal in the world of soccer and uh, whatever because the show has has taken off the way it has. So. Um, yeah, to the point where the, in this current season, I've already heard quite a bit about how Wrexham is doing. So, yeah, I um, I have not followed them as closely as you, but like I definitely have seen them play a little bit in some of the summer series stuff with the Premier League, and then um, you know at least they're on my radar. I I know certainly what happened at the end of last year. So, uh, and I think almost anyone who would watch this show knows how the season will end. So I am interested to see how they handle that. Yeah, me too. And look, watching the show wasn't always about the results of the games either. So No, um, no, it wasn't. There's much more to it than that. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm really excited to see what the evolution of the football project has done to the town, which, because to me, it's, just, it's, you know, it's more about the town than anything else anyway. So, um, I think so, that's certain ostensibly that that I think that's what Ryan and Rob would say as well. So yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see it. Uh, and also premiering next week is new uh, season of the morning show. Um, I kind of can't which, believe uh, it, and it feels like I don't know if I, I I'm not even sure if I'm current with the morning show, but uh, I'm gonna check back in and see what's going on. Gotcha. I definitely am current. I can't quit this show, and yet I would not, by any stretch, say that it is good. It is. It, it, is, it is. It's a bit of a mess, and yet I can't look away. It's. Yeah, I mean that is the understatement of the season. It is. It is a, a lot of a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not really getting any less messy from what I can tell, and yet, like I said, I find it. Re- compulsively watchable so uh, and that may be the uh, that may be exactly the goal of the morning show um probably probably is yeah um although they spend a lot of money to just get compulsively watchable and not necessarily good well i mean if if nobody can stop watching it is it not good (laughs) (laughs) like yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. I don't know how many people actually do watch the morning show, which, which not to get back into the strike. Right. Uh, but that is certainly another issue that. Well, listen, uh, we were going to find that out. We, <laughs> but we were going to find that out soon anyway, because to your point earlier, um, there's more and more advertising involved. And that, like, that's what those people care about is, OK, well, how many eyes are on this? Um, yeah. So as but, they want to do more and more with advertisers it's going to be harder and harder to keep their data secret. Yeah. And, but we'll see if there's a third party in the mix and maybe and whatever and how that works and all, all of that. But, um, but I do know it's not nearly as popular as Ted Lasso. Yeah. Well, what is, I mean, only 15 million people have Apple. 
you know. So right, I th- I still feel like more than fifteen million people watched Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it does sort of seem like that. So and I don't I don't know if Messi's doing anything to change these numbers. By the way, I cannot recommend uh, watching him highly enough if you have the opportunity uh, to do that Apple Plus because it has been. You were talking about a guy who has delivered uh, <laughs> everything you could hope for and more. Um, it's really something, and and you know, not to. I want to be delicate because the MLS has made a lot of progress, but like, it's it, imagine if you know LeBron maybe two or three years ago went to like Serbia to play, you know. It would just be what it would be is it would allow him to do to show off all the insane skill he has that like the other players in the NBA are too good for him to mess around with. And that's basically what Messi's been doing. In my, yeah. In my view. It's awesome. Um, you know, I mean, he was, look, I, 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 you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that the MLS, um, you know, is the French league where he was playing last year. It's not, um, you know, and it's certainly not La Liga, uh, but he was scoring a crap ton in those leagues too. So, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you know. but it's not just the scoring. It's it's like, I mean, he's so much. Even now, what he's 35, maybe even older. He's so much better than everybody else on that field. Well, and it's literally they—they were the worst team in the league before he showed up. You know, and I, and, and we should say it's not just him. The he's uh, got a few friends. You know, he he brought a couple world class guys with him. Yeah. But um, but they literally went from the worst team to I think what they've lost once since he's been there or none. Yeah, uh, and undefeated, uh, so. again, like it's the, the it, it, imagine if LeBron joined the worst team in Serbia, like it, it and like I I. I Hope I think Serbia is about right. Like it's Serbia is not garbage. You nah, know, I would have said Germany or something like that. Maybe okay, Germany. Enough. I'm not sure the German league is so much better than the Serbian league, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but like that level, it's not the NBA, and it's not you know, and it's not even France Spain. or Spain. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's but it's respectable enough. Right. Um So you know, I like it, it's. It's it is it's it's a huge step down in competition for for him, and he is by far the best player in terms of where he's at right now. I mean, he's probably the best player ever anyway. But but like when Beckham got here, when Zlatan got here, like they were shells of themselves. And Messi yeah. is certainly not in his prime, but he is far from a shell. Well, I mean, the guy just won the World Cup, so what are yeah. we talking about? You know what I mean? So, like, I like to think of that as Enzo's World Cup, but either way. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing is, right, is like he is not the only MLS player on the Argentinian national team. Uh, and that's not something that you would have said when, you know, maybe when Zlatan, because Zlatan wasn't that long ago. But certainly when Beckham was in the league, that would, that would have been something that you No, well, said. I mean, I think in retrospect that Beckham, as much as he was a shell of himself, that uh, it was a huge boon for MLS. Uh, the trajectory has changed since since Beckham joined the league. Certainly, and obviously he's a big part of bringing Messi in as well. So yeah, um, yeah. way to go, Bex. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. 
<laughs> Say hi to Pop. All right. <laughs> should we should we get out of here? Yeah, uh, that's probably enough. I think yeah, we're done. All right. <laughs> Bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The lights out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the Jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.